As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Oh, Miles here. That's right, Towel Post for the week is freshly delivered for you here, and I am just one of the hosts, some Matthew Rushing, and with me as she is, well, I... Not always, because she's laughing at me right now. Drake, everyone. <laughs> well, it's because when you introed, it sounded like you said towel post. That's what I. That's what. My oh, towel mo- post. That's what my oh, mommy that's brain a- went to, and I was like, ha! Ah! <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> that is. I'd- after Don't know hours if it'd be appropriate podcast. for this network. <laughs> yes, but hello everyone. Now that my yeah. mommy brain has caught up with <laughs> English again. Oh, that. Oh, that's what we're speaking. Yeah, right? I just thought everybody had babblefish in their ear so that, you know, they could hear whatever it was. Oh, we see, I, I just yeah. thought we all were, like, within the, you know, area, the radius of the TARDIS, so it just converted oh, whatever there you to, go. That could be to British too. English, yeah. so we all Every other it. thing but Harry Potter. So. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's one of the cool things about the network is that we have shows all over the place, and for many different genres of geekdom so check that out at uh the nerdparty.com or you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash the nerd party or on twitter at join nerd party uh and you can find owl post of course uh along with all the other shows that we do here in the network on itunes now we are actually in the middle of an iTunes review contest with Outpost, and uh we're going to be giving away harry potter a journey through a history of magic to one lucky winner, uh, you'll have a 1 in 10 shot. So we're doing the most recent reviews. You'll have a 1 in 10 shot there. So make sure you get the reviews in. We only need a few left. I think we've got like maybe four or five we need left. So get those in, and then we'll do the drawing. And um, just because we love everybody who listens to us, we're going to take all the rest of you who have reviewed us already, and we'll put you in a pot and draw for one of you as well. So you will also have a chance to win. So you do not miss out. So, um, yeah, get your review in, and make sure that uh, you give us that written review because that's the way that we keep track. And um, just let us know what you think about the show. Give us that rating, and you can be entered, and you could win this book, which is it's pretty cool. I've looked at it at, at um, Barnes & Noble, and I keep just meaning to buy it, and I don't know why I have it yet. So I should just order it for myself when <laughs> I send out the winner's copy. So 
Um, yeah, do that for us. It really helps other people find the show. You know, there are, you know, different Harry Potter podcasts out there. But uh, if you like Owl Post, help support us and we'll give back because that's just the kind of people we are. So we're giving uh, wizards and witches here. We are giving. We're very giving. In fact, you know, I, I like to think that we're giving wizards like Ludo Bagman in our chapter this week, chapter eight, as we talk about the uh, Quidditch World Cup and you know, he nicely gave those tickets to Mr. Weasley so that they could be sitting in the top box, which I love as they're kind of like walking towards the stadium, which is apparently like a 20-minute walk in these woods. Um, and this place could hold... Uh, 100,000 people? Yeah. That's so, amazing. like, this is a huge stadium. This is like one of the massive football-style stadiums that we've got here in, in America. And, you know, I know there's some huge major stadiums around the world um, for, you know, soccer fans and stuff. So uh, you, I love um, Mr. Weasley talking about how it sees 100,000, but they have put muggle-repelling charms on every inch of it. So if a muggle gets close to it, they immediately remember, <gasps> oh, I've got to do that thing. And then they run away. Like, I thought that was hilarious. I did like that. I li and I like that Mr. Weasley says it almost with like a, a bit of remorse. Those poor people, they immediately remember they forgot something or they have to go somewhere. It's like he feels bad that they're like hurrying off. Um, I, I thought that was really sweet. Well, yeah, it just, it shows you... Like, it's one of those, like, super tiny moments that shows you the heart that Mr. Weasley has for people, especially muggles. Yep. I also thought it was kind of cool that once they get to the stadium, um, the wizards that are taking their seats looked at their tickets and was like, oh, prime seats, Arthur. That's, you know, so I just kind of love that uh, what we see here, which I actually just watched um, the movie the other uh, night with um, our movie club that we have, a little small movie club. And they don't do a very good job of, of, I mean, they make it look like they have like the worst seats in the house. Whereas this, they are in the top box. They are sitting there with the Minister of Magic. They're sitting there with, um, you know, dignitaries from around the world. Uh, I mean, like they a have house elf. a house elf. I mean, this is like, this would be like going to the Olympics and sitting in the president's box where like the president of the United States sits as well as all the other presidents from around the world. Like this is the kind of place that they are. I just think it's a really neat um, thing. And I think it shows this is one of the cool things. Again, it kind of shows how respected Arthur is to some people in the ministry. Um, so I think that uh, that was something I really enjoyed. We talked last week a little bit about Arthur or Mr. Weasley at work and how he um, had this like level of professionalism and respect that he he garnered and how he sort of earned things and created networks and had this sort of like very like strong character to him that made him like, you know, an admirable person and someone they wanted around and that he sort of showed his kids that hard work did pay off. Right. Um, and then in this case, we have this dichotomy all over again about hard work versus money coming in to the box because the other guests in the box turn out to be the Malfoy family. And they're invited because they had donated a large sum of money to the hospital. 
and they basically bought their way into the tickets. So again, it sort of shows this dichotomy of buying your way into something or hard work your way into something. Um, and sort of the level of respect that the Weasleys and that group, you know, with Hermon, Hermione and, and Harry have for the seats because they know that it's worked hard versus um, Malfoy, who just sort of sticks his nose up at everybody the whole time. Um, it was just interesting to see that again. Um, she sort of plays with that throughout the series. So here's just another opportunity where you see like the clash between, you know, the wealthy versus the worked for it. Um, and it was really interesting to show that that hard work does pay off and that you don't have to buy your way through everything. It might be easier, but it doesn't necessarily have the same fulfilling feeling to it. Well, and I think that this is going to be something that's interesting to watch throughout the series because I think what you are going to see is that the Weasleys are a family who thoroughly believe and they they put their lives where their values are. And you will see throughout the series, and this is not really a spoiler, I don't think, but the Malfoys are not. Right. And so... It, it, to them, it's about prestige, but they don't want to have to work for it. And they're pretty much just, I mean, they're, they're just opportunists. They're just looking to be on whatever side they think is going to give them the most power. And so I think it, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing where you see uh, people who are truly sold out to their values, which is the Weasleys, and that other side of people who just do whatever it takes to be on the winning side. Yeah, you get a real dichotomy of character that comes up, not just wealth versus hard work, but you really see what the difference it builds up in a person as we go forward. Uh, and this is maybe just sort of the the first point where you get a real clash of that um, in a setting that isn't just, you know, Hogwarts and and Malfoy versus Harry. You know, you get like an actual clash in the in the real in the real world, if you will, or the wizarding world. Um of that that extends beyond just the school and the schoolyard, you know? Um, so it's just interesting to see that dichotomy play out and then be like, and just the snarky remarks that makes you hate Malfoy even more, you know, this time you hate Lucius Malfoy instead of Draco right. Malfoy. <laughs> and, um, you know, him talking about like, Oh, there's no way your house was as expensive enough to have leveraged for these tickets. You know, he was just, super super dick about it <laughs> so that's where I think we're that's at just there his, uh <laughs> that's just his main uh you know moniker is uh super it's d super you could just call him <laughs> super d what's also interesting here is you know aside from running into the malfoys we also meet our next house elf you know we met doby uh i think it's so interesting that we finally meet this other house elf that is named Winky and apparently belongs to Mr. Crouch and has a very different view on what it means to be a house elf as compared to what we end up seeing with Dobby, which I think is just, it It creates an interesting dichotomy here between the, the two of them um, that I think, you know, might be interesting to look at as we move throughout this book. Yeah, it was, and it's, one of those things that was so interesting and it's so political and relevant to the to the real non-wizarding non-book world too when you talk about things like 
you know, they felt like the house elves had a place and they shouldn't move beyond their place. And, you know, Dobby wanted more than that. And he wanted to, you know, have basic human rights, even though he's a house elf. And it's just so interesting to see that like play out and to see Winky so upset at an elf wanting more and how she was like, no, I know my place and I'm not leaving my place. And, you know, um, it was so interesting because you can, if you think about the world, you can see that paralleled so many places um, in so many different times of, of our history and everything. So it's just so interesting to see that so magnificently just played out right there with elves. Um, she does it, it. It's a couple of pages in the chapter. So it's a good, a good portion, a good portion of it. Uh, but it was just so, so all of a sudden political. We just got real, like, like S got real right now <laughs> between the Malfoys and the house elves. Like you don't expect it. Well, and I think, uh, you know, what's kind of fascinating too is to see Winky's perspective, which is, you know, house elves aren't supposed to have fun. They're supposed to do what they're told. And like, she's, she definitely believes what she's saying, you know, and there's this whole like, um, it's something that I, I can't wait to continue to dive into in this story because, spoiler alert, Winky is going to come back in places in this Spoilers. book. Spoilers! Yeah, that's that's <laughs> why she's here at the beginning, if you hadn't figured that out. And But I, I think it's really interesting because she's talked about how, you know, Dobie is kind of changing things and changing what households are supposed to be doing. He wants to get paid for his work now. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? It's just so crazy. Um, <laughs> but I also think it's interesting too because, um, you know, what we've seen of households before is, um, and we don't know this just yet in this story, um, uh, we don't know if Crouch is a, a really good master or not. All we know is that from this part of the story he's sent her up to hold his seat even though she doesn't love heights and she's loyal and so she's done what she's been asked and so um but we don't know yet if he's he's a he's a good master for her or bad master her so what we're left with is this kind of uncomfortable position between what we generally look to uh, as that people deserve certain amount of rights, and we see, well, okay, well, maybe if if you have a good master, it's not so bad, right? You know, if you treat a house elf with kindness, um, and you know they're kind of part of the family, really, um, you know, is that bad? You know, um, and if you give them, I'm going to go with yes. I, I, yeah. I'm going to go with I don't find indentured servitude well, ever, and, and that's <laughs> ever the, an okay thing. And that's the thing is that. I'm skirting around the issue that I know more than I know. But, you know, that's the question that that's going to get kind of get raised here. Um and she 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 just kind of introduces it at, at this moment like we don't know. Right. Um but the rest of the book is definitely going to explore this whole idea. And so I think that's that's kind of fascinating to me. Um the well, fact it's... that she drops this kind of here yeah. at the very beginning of the book and you know it is i mean if you've never read the book and you're just flipping through the chapter titles you'll see a lot of things that have to do with house elves in this right. book and so it is going to be an important plot point and, and, and not i'm not too much of a spoiler but mini spoiler like the house elves don't really go away they become a part of this story from pretty much the time we meet dobby 
throughout the rest of the series. So her being reintroduced is not going to seem out there once you continue with the series. It just becomes kind of an integrated part of this universe and a really key part of a few of our characters' development. So um, it's it's interesting that she puts this character here amidst all of this like fanfare and and you know focus and it almost is her yep. way of introducing it where harry can't focus on the topic at hand like he can't stop and figure out what he feels or thinks or what he's going to do about house elves because he's so focused on the game so it's almost like it's happening mm-hmm. and, and you're learning about it but you don't have time to think about it um so yeah. you know and then we get into the actual world cup game ah! which before that, there's a very quick thing that's going to pay off at the end of the chapter where um, he oh, yeah. is, uh, Fudge is showing around the Bulgarian um, Minister of Magic. Minister of Magic. And uh, <laughs> he doesn't speak Bulgarian, of course. And so he's struggling to talk to him. And um, it's, it's, a, it's just. And he, yeah, the, and he's like the Bulgarian uh, Minister of Magic great. doesn't speak English. Um, at least that's what he's painted him as. And, you know, he tries to introduce him. He's like, oh, I just can't do this. I give up, you know? Yeah. And he just sort of stops trying to interact and goes, eh, whatever. Yeah, it's funny. Um, Well, I wanted to ask you because this is something that's really interesting because we actually get introduced to some new magical beings um, in the story, which is a lot of fun. Um, What did you think about the Vila? Uh, the Bulgarian mascots. It was interesting um, to see them. Like, I don't, I don't know. It, it's hard. This is a hard one for me to talk about because of my future knowledge. Um, so, um, with this particular magical creature, um, but I, I think it's a really cool. I think it's a really cool way of taking something of like legend because, you know, they sort of remind you of like mermaids, right. Or sirens or something like that from, you know, mythical legend giving them like this, this identity as a mascot, I guess. Um, I sort of felt like they were um, more like an American football cheerleader, if you will, um, which I could go on for a very long time about that. So we won't go there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But I I find it, I find it really interesting. I found it um, really cool that each team sort of had a magical creature from the region they come from that came as like their mascot and they had like a group of mascots. So in this case, their mascots were more like their cheerleaders, uh, which I actually kind of like how it played out here. I like that they sort of like, we're like the super fans in the audience, you know, um, the Vila's in particular have this really cool ability to manipulate you. If you let them, they kind of are They're like, kind of like Orion women in Star Trek. Yeah. Where the Orion women have the pheromones that make men do whatever it is they want them to do. So they have that going for them. So it's like that and a siren put together. Yeah. It's like, the men are goners, like they got no choice. <laughs> and I found it interesting that, you know, like Ron and Harry obviously were subjected to it. And later in the chapter, the um, ref, the referee was subjected yes, the to ref. it. 
you know. But I found <laughs> like it. They're like, somebody run over there and slap that ref. <laughs> they literally they told him, him to slap the him in the face. Yes. <laughs> just kick him in the shins. But I find it interesting to see who it affects and who it doesn't. I mean, obviously, Ron and Harry have probably never seen these creatures before, so they have no idea what the effect they have. But, you know, Mr. Weasley's like sitting in the back, kind of just laughing at him. And he's like, see, boys, that's why you don't go for just a pretty face. Um, as we sort of later see that the Vilas have kind of a nasty side to them, too. Um, but yeah, I found it, I found it just an interesting character. And, you know, some people were subjected to it and some weren't. And, um, but I kind of like how they did the mascots. They actually did something. They actually acted in some way. So I think that was pretty cool. Well, and I mean, you know, on the other side, you have the Ireland leprechauns who are like throwing gold out to people. And I mean, like everybody loves that, you know? Who and so, it? yeah, it's just, it's so fun. Um, to, to really uh, like what I like is that she is very good at painting the spectacle in your mind. Mm-hmm. And this just seems like the most raucous World Cup final slash Super Bowl that you can think of, you know, I, and, and you know, the, the way that she writes it, it does kind of feel like those things put together like you have a. It, you know, big halftime show at the beginning, you know, and you that's kind of what these mascots are that come out. And, you know, um, yeah, uh, I thought the Vila were interesting because what's most interesting about them is that they are not a magical creature in the same way that a leprechaun is. They're actually human, like, but they're just like, they, like, there's a, I don't know. It's 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 just very interesting. And yes, you're right. It is something that's going to have more to do down the line. We'll find out. Well, I, I would argue they still are a magical creature because they do things like they floated and you know they have this pheromone power and they have this changed, they sort of have this on-off switch, right? But they are more human-like than like in form and appearance than other magical creatures. They're not like you know, Buckbeak, where it looks like a horse or a bird horse or whatever. But they're still, like, not wholly human. Yeah, there's, it's very interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, again, I love the spectacle. And this is where, you know, the game begins. And it just turns out to be the most raucous, awesome Quidditch game that you've seen with. Um, and I think this is something that's really fun because, the, again, the way she describes it, you know, uh, Harry is watching the game and he's like, he knows Quidditch, but he's never seen Quidditch played like this before. And it's kind of the difference of, you know, watching a soccer team, uh, you know, that is like maybe a good college soccer team next to, uh, you know, a soccer team that's pro in a pro league, you know, in one of the best pro leagues in the world. And that's what we're getting here. And so like the Quidditch game itself is a lot of fun. And just, I felt like she does a good job of just making it fun and interesting to read about a sporting event, uh, because that's hard to do. Um, and I found that she still, even though I've read this before, I was still enjoying and captivated by how everything turns out in the end which it turns out the Weasley twins were right, that Ireland wins and uh, Crumb catches the snitch. So um, I thought that that was a, a lot of fun. This Reading about this Quidditch match, um, so we have some like danger Quidditch matches at Hogwarts, but this one seems so much more dangerous. This one seems so like 
brutal people getting hurt pretty strongly um you know there's there's a scene where they talk about crumb kind of being just covered in blood because he's got like a broken nose or whatever it, it just seemed much like more intense uh, than than any of the matches they'd seen at Hogwarts or even the ones that Harry had been involved in. It reminded me more of the match where he's chased by the bludger. Um, yes, and like yes, it's yes, got yes. that intensity, like the life or death feeling to it. It had that sort of feeling to it for this match. And maybe all professional Quidditch matches are like that. And maybe it's just, um, it's just this world finals that is sort of this intensity. Um, but I did find it interesting too, that uh, when the Irish, seeker hit the ground and was you know discombobulated and they were trying to bring him back um you know the twins were talking to uh jenny and they were like don't worry it's gonna be okay he's going to be fine because she looked visibly shaken by this and i found that really interesting that little snippet she put in there um that will sort of be interesting to see how it plays out in the future um just showing again that reminds you jenny's a little younger and a little more sensitive than the rest of the of the group and you know she maybe doesn't know quite as much about this as the as her brothers do so it's kind of interesting well this may be i mean we we know that ron is a huge quidditch fan but we have never gotten the feeling that they've actually been to any of the quidditch matches you know so we don't know one of the things we don't know about the wizarding world that i don't know if jk rowling's ever answered is whether or not they have something like television, you know, where they could watch Quidditch matches, you know, like that, you know, where you can watch your favorite team play and everything. Right. I I would suspect there is something like that for the magical world, but, I mean, we just don't know. So we don't know if she's ever been necessarily exposed to this except for, you know, Quidditch at Hogwarts and her brothers and her playing in the garden together, you know? So, yeah, like you said, this is a... This is a hardcore Quidditch match where the players aren't that worried about whether or not they kill each other <laughs> to right. win. Like it, it, it's pretty brutal. And um, I, I think one of the surprising things at the end too, when they're the the guys are talking about Crumb, um, is that Hermione chimes in and says he was really brave, wasn't he? And it's just really interesting to watch Hermione get kind of interested in this, you know. Uh, quidditch player as she kind of sees him walk by them you know and she realizes you know he's he's not all that coordinated um which is very different from the movie where he is like a beefcake uh here he is somebody who's kind of awkward and scrawny he were he walks slightly funny um, he's got like weird rounded shoulders they say yeah you know he's kind of like a hunchback Yeah. yeah so um I think that that is is kind of fascinating that uh, Hermione is a little bit maybe taken with this um, new Quidditch player that she's just seen. And um, I think what I think is it's kind of cute um, because it it's, you know, because because you're because you're yeah. foreshadowing. Well, it's also kind of cute because. It's kind of classic, like teenager at that age you know guy or girl you know you see that kind of famous person and you get that little tiny bit of a like oh you know like man i wish i could meet them they would be awesome we would be awesome together so you know it's like a taylor swift song yeah so 
Um, <laughs> this is or, the Taylor uh, Swift song, a chapter of Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, uh, you belong actually, with I actually me. Think, uh, I think we get so. a little more Taylor Swift songy a few chapters. Oh, in, but I, totally, I get what you're saying. Yes, I get what you're yes. saying. We're we're getting there. We're building up. We're like the first few yeah. lines of a Taylor Swift song right now. Yes. Yeah. Um. Or uh, I always think of in um, while you were sleeping when she's talking to him at the hospital. When she's talking about how, you know, have you ever met somebody? Have you ever fallen in love with somebody you've never even met? And you're like, you know, if they would just dump the perfect model they were with and be with you, you know, everything would be perfect. <laughs> so maybe that's reminding you right now. Um, I also think it's funny at the very end here uh, and interesting. The boys, uh, they get paid off by Little Bagman and they get paid quite a bit. So they yeah. are rolling in the dough right now because of what they bet him. Uh, so we, we don't know how that... much it came to yet, though. We just know that they yeah. in the chapter. And I really like the way they put it with arms outstretched towards Ludo Bagman. Yes. And I love it. What I love, too, he's like, ah, yes, I owe you. How much? You know, like uh, it's it's classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I just I, what I what I like about the chapter and, and from being somebody who is a big um, soccer fan Again, this feels very much like massive games to go to, and it's the 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 whole atmosphere of it. She just does a great job of capturing that, and it makes the chapter just a lot of fun. And again, you know, we started off the book very dark and heavy, and this one is very light and airy as a chapter with some very interesting. You know, like you said, you just kind of get these two bombshell political <laughs> things right there and and I, the way that she weaves all that together to me is is kind of genius you know because it, it's it's unexpected but those things don't then take away from the the action like she just uh, she's really good at making this stuff work so very interested because our next chapter is called the dark mark and i have a feeling that we're kind it of done with sunshine and rainbows for a little while. Uh, pretty much, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, Drea, uh, if anybody wants to uh, find you online, so they can talk about some Harry Potter with you or anything else that you've got going on, where can they find you? I'm um, sure. If you want to write some Taylor Swift lyrics for this chapter, uh, you can find me on Twitter at PCFChick or on Instagram at Drea Kaufman, and it's C O F F M A N. I like that. I like that. Hashtag Owlpost Taylor Swift and give <laughs> us what you think Taylor Swift would write for Hermione in this chapter. Or maybe even the boys who are all up uh, all over those Vila. Uh, all over those Vila. Um, but uh, you can share that with me on Twitter at MattRushing02, Instagram uh, MattRushing02 as well. Uh, I'm here on the network with John Mills as we talk all about Star Wars over on Aggressive Negotiations. Man, it's just a blast doing that show, so I hope you'll check it out. I'm on the Trek FM Network talking about The Orb with Chris Jones, uh, all about Deep Space Nine, and then I do the General Geek Show over there, the 602 Club. Uh, Dre has been over there a bunch recently, which has been fun, and we talk about all the fandoms we love. We, we don't just keep it to one, so make sure you check it out. And then last but not least, uh, I have a show called Zimmer Stories, and I talk with my friend Courtney about film through the lens of faith. Um, but thank you so much for checking your outpost. <laughs>
Mischief Managed. Join the revolution. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Join the nerd party. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.